Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, and a denarius is a day's wage, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out at the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only an hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give this last worker as I gave you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. So in this story, Jesus is illustrating a strange biblical truth. And that is, everyone who accepts his calling to become a child of God will be rewarded equally. And this, of course, does not go over well with those who have served the Lord for many years and hear that a person who receives Jesus on their deathbed receives salvation and a place in the kingdom just like they do. It's not fair, they think. But in this story, the owner representing God said it was totally fair because the person who labored all day received that which he agreed to. There was no discrepancy in the agreement. Rather, he was paid for his work. But the owner wanted to show his generosity to those who were waiting to work but had no one to hire them. Now, in our society, welfare, or public assistance as it's referred to, it seems unfair to those who work hard and have to earn a living compared to those who get free money and free medical benefits. And there's a biblical basis for arguing against our current form of welfare. However, when looking at this life from a spiritual perspective, which few seem to do, God's goodness is given to whomever he wants to bless, and sometimes that includes those who scam the system. And why? In Romans 2.4, Or do you not presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God is good to everyone. And it may not seem like that to some because of the things that have happened in their life, but realistically, God gives even the wicked the things they don't deserve. But in this story, there's a few things we need to understand before we sympathize with the guy who worked all day and was mad because he didn't get more than he expected. The first thing is what the owner said in verse 15. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? The owner is a generous person. That's why these people were all paid the same. It's his money, and he can do with it what he wants. The owner has his own perspective and he chooses to do with his money what he thinks is best, so nobody has a right to complain. The second thing is that those who were hired were waiting to be hired. They were not just sitting around being lazy. They were waiting to work, but nobody hired them. The owner understood they also wanted to earn a day's wage. And third, as hour after hour passed by and they were not able to work, they understood they were possibly going home 
with nothing. And the owner could easily have assumed these laborers had families and those families had needs. And he could easily have had sympathy for these families and honored the laborers for their willingness to work by paying them an entire day's wage so they would not have to go home with only a few hours' pay. So when the complaint is heard, the owner responds by basically telling the complainers not to complain and be thankful for what they have received. Now, what does this have to do with a calling from God? A lot. Let's look at humanity from a biblical perspective. Mankind is God's prized possession. God created mankind in his own image. That includes his spirit, which lasts forever. This may seem weird to some because they have not experienced the presence of God yet. But there are many passages in the scriptures that declare this truth, that there is life after death. And when we know God personally and experience his presence, we understand that there is something really big out there that we cannot comprehend. So as God's prized possessions, bringing people into the family of God is very important to him. He doesn't want anybody to be lost eternally. John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In Ezekiel 18.23, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his ways and live? God does not force himself upon a person. Rather, he's patient and reveals himself in subtle ways throughout a person's life. And when that person is at the point where they are ready to receive Jesus, then calls them, even in their final hour. And they will now receive salvation and inherit the kingdom of God just as those who have served Jesus throughout their lifetime. And for many people, this doesn't happen until late in life, which is sad because of all the things that they have missed and all the bad things that they've done. But God still loves them and wants them to enter his kingdom. John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Based on my story, I believe God calls everyone and begins early in life. That's my story. I felt the presence of God early in my life despite not having a religious upbringing and largely ignoring it until my dark life became too dark for me to handle. And that's when I began to seek God, basically crying out for help. So the Father was drawing me to Jesus since childhood, but it wasn't until my 20s that I felt the need to seek Him, and He was right there waiting. I then understood that God was good and didn't want to send me to hell because of all the bad stuff I had done. And when you hear believers say God is good, the statement is more than simply giving a shout out for God. It's a declaration that we don't deserve God's grace, but because he pours it out into our lives, we are constantly reminded of his goodness and love. So we declare his goodness out of a heart of gratefulness. Matthew twenty-two fourteen. for many are called, but few are chosen. My take on this verse God calls all his creation, but only a small number will answer and become children of God by faith. Matthew seven thirteen. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Revelation 21, 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. It appears to me that the final kingdom will be occupied by only a small number of the overall population of the planet throughout the ages, and that too is sad. So for those who answer this call from God to become a child of God by receiving Jesus and believing on his name, our responsibility is noted in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now we must live in obedience to that calling of God. Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And this verse is often misquoted by saying, God works all things together for good. But that's not the whole verse. It's a promise to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And this promise is not for those who don't love God. In John 14, 23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me. So Romans 8.28 is for those who keep his word, or as James says in James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And this is a problem in church when we try to comfort someone who's half-hearted in their relationship with Jesus. If something bad is going on in their lives and we simply quote this verse without explaining to them that, hey, this verse is for those who love God, that means they do the word, that means they obey God. If we don't do that, we are lying to them. But when we say, hey, look at this verse and the promise it holds to those who love God and are called according to his purposes, it opens an opportunity to talk about what it means to love God and be called according to his purpose. Because God is under no obligation to bless anyone. He does so because he's good. And as a recipient of years of his blessings, I know I didn't earn any of them. On the contrary, for my disobedience, He should have stripped me of all those blessings, but he didn't. And again, showing me that his goodness leads me to repentance. And I understand I don't deserve his grace or mercy, yet he pours it into my life anyway. He makes me love him even more and makes me thankful that he's allowed me into his kingdom. And this is one of those beautiful things about receiving that calling from God. He's got your back. So if you haven't answered that call, then do it. If you have, then glorify him in your life by seeking him following him wherever he leads, and by obeying him, by doing his will, and you will be blessed. Thank you.